You're listening to the Q's podcast, episode 19. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Q's podcast. Our podcast reach is certainly growing thanks to you. We now have listeners from 15 countries since our debut in late fall. So whether you're listening to the Q's podcast on your way home from work, during your workout routine, drinking your morning coffee, or however you choose to listen, we appreciate you sharing the news about the Q's podcast with your colleagues and friends. Some of you have reached out to us, and if you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us at podcast at cues.org. If this is your first time you found us, welcome, and thank you for joining us. We use this forum as a means to talk to credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Hughes Professional Development Manager. Today's episode is a special one. As part of the Cues on QSO's month-long focus on credit union service organizations, we'll explore Innovating with QSO's with Linda Bodie. Linda Bodie is the CEO and Chief Innovator at Element Federal Credit Union in West Virginia. Linda works with several QSOs to make her small credit union act big. We will learn more about QSOs, their impact on the industry, and what partnering can mean for your credit union. Some key takeaways from my interview with Linda Bodie include determine the meaning of a QSO and the various models that exist. Recognize how QSOs help credit unions innovate. Compile a list of current QSO statistics to determine the prominence of them in our communities. And finally, determine who a QSO is designed for. Now it's time to go straight to my conversation with a very fascinating Linda Bodie. I have Linda Bodie, CEO and Chief Innovator at Element Federal Credit Union. Linda, thank you for being part of the Q's podcast. Thanks very much. Excited to have you. We are featuring here at Q's, Q's on QSOs here this month in April, but just in general, it's great to speak with you. I read a lot about you and uh, I love your energy, excitement. You're into the science analytics. You're into tech. Very interesting background. and have a lot of experience uh, with QSOs, a lot of experience with credit unions. So before we begin, just on behalf of our listeners, I was wondering if we could start with a little bit of inspiration, perhaps. Do you, Linda, have a favorite success quote or mantra that you live by professionally? I actually do. I, I have two, and they kind of intertwine personally and professionally. Um, and the first one is love what you do and do what you love. If you're not loving what you're doing or doing what you love, it's kind of hard to be successful and, and have fun in your life. And the second one is be the change you wish to see in the world. Uh, we don't have to sit back and, and take a ride and complain about things. We're totally in charge to create whatever it is that we want to create and to change things however we think they need to be changed. Wonderful. Linda, can you share a little bit about your background and experiences? How long have you been working with credit unions? What's your educational background? That kind of thing. Sure. Um, so I've been uh, CEO of my credit union, Element Federal Credit Union, for 18 years, and that's been all of my credit union experience. I have a bachelor's degree in accounting, a master's degree in technology management. I'm kind of a geeky, techie, financial creative person. And I've been able to utilize all of those skills to further my credit union over that 18-year time period. Wonderful. Now, some of the listeners may already know about this, but just in case they don't, uh, this is really interesting. 
at Element Federal Credit Union in West Virginia. Innovation has been defined as something new that simply fulfills a need and has a purpose. What is really interesting is that Element Federal Credit Union was the first financial institution in the world to launch a remote deposit iPhone app that was done in 2009. Did you know about that at the time? Well, at the time that we made the app, we didn't know we were the first. We actually developed the app, went into the Apple App Store, and it came out and it worked and it was great. And then I I don't know how soon after that I read an article or somebody contacted me and said, hey, I saw your article, congratulations. And I didn't really know what they were talking about. <laughs> so I had to do some research and find out. And sure enough, we were we ended up being the first institution to offer that. So that was, it was kind of news to us. It's not something that we planned. It's just, you know, we, need, we knew we wanted that to provide the offering. And so that it was a surprise to us. So you fulfilled the need for sure for your members, but also very historical. Neat. <laughs> yes. How big is your organization? What's your asset size and how many members do you have? Uh, currently we're at 31 million in assets and about 4,600 members. Now, you have a lot of background and big supporter of QSOs. Let's start off real broad and and we'll narrow our focus a little bit here today. QSOs, what does the acronym stand for? So a QSO is a credit union service organization. And what is a QSO then? So a QSO is an organization that's formed by other credit unions. It could be one credit union, it could be multiple credit unions. And these organizations usually provide a specific product or service to offer to the credit union industry as a whole. So they kind of help for innovation, increase efficiencies, and allow credit unions to gain economies of scale through the use of the QSO's products and services. Nice. So in general, can you cite some real-life examples? Sure. I guess we use a lot of different QSOs. Probably our main QSO, the the one that we utilize the most, is CU Answers, and that's also our core processor. So there's a lot of innovation, a lot of coordination involved with the core processor that has – we weren't able to obtain the same level of cooperativeness and development with other core processors that we could afford. Um, so <laughs> uh, some of those things that we've been able to do internally with that QSO is things like app development, account opening and funding, P2P services, bill pay, analytics and using data, peer analysis. The, there's a whole menu of things that we've been able to offer to our membership through this cooperation with CU Answers so it's been a it's been an eye-opening experience and something that uh, we couldn't have done on our own at our size. So it allowed us to do a lot of things for not a lot of money. There's some sentiment out there that uh, small credit unions can survive or something of that nature. And there's a, perhaps a lot of thought out there that mergers uh, are needed for them to to thrive and and function. What are your thoughts in that? Because you're a relatively small credit union, but you've done some amazing things. Where do QSOs play a role in that discussion? Well, QSOs have played a critical role because we use many different QSOs. And in the beginning, I guess we didn't really know that we were um, 
that CUSOs were such an advantage to us. We didn't really know a lot about CUSOs. So when we learned more and learned about all the products and services that they offered, then we were able to alter our strategy and make that part of our business plan to grow and prosper. You know, the, the rising costs of, of regulation and compliance and other products and services, that there was just no way for a small institution to to be able to offer these things. But uh, by partnering with multiple CUSOs, we were able to provide different services like mortgage processing. I mean, to have a, a mortgage person on staff is, is kind of a big deal these days. Uh, so partnering with a mortgage QSO would allow us to offer something more than what we could do on our own at a very affordable price. Um, so it's relationships like this that enable us and allow us to compete with the larger institutions at a fraction of the cost and at the same time help the credit union industry as a whole. Nice. So your first one was involved with core systems. It made a tremendous difference. What are some other types of QSOs that you have been involved with? We've been involved and are still involved with co-op financial services, and we use them for uh, shared branching. So instead of us building new branches, which, you know, we, we still can do that, we partner with co-op and we're able to provide services to our members at over 5,000 branches. And in turn, we host members of other credit unions at our branches, and so we're able to help those members. So that's been, that's been a, a really fun experience for us because we've we meet other credit union members, and it's just the social aspect and the helping other people aspect that is fulfilling. So that's been a, a great blessing to us to be able to offer all these uh, multiple branch services. We've also partnered with Extend, uh, which is part of the CU Answers, CU Asterisk Network, mm-hmm. and they've helped us with our back office operations. Uh, so we don't have to employ a full-time back office accounting type person who reconciles and, and processes ACHs and share drafts and, and things like that. So they're able to handle all of that for us and allow us to get manpower and apply it elsewhere, like to member services and product development instead of you know the back office operations that require more specialized type employee. How many partnerships have you been involved with in terms of QSOs? I really, I'm not sure the the actual account. Um, I know of six, but I know that we've done we've dealt with more people in the past. But I think currently we're working with about six QSOs. Okay, just to provide some clarity for our listeners, how is a QSO different than a vendor? Well, um, a QSO is made up of credit unions, and it works for credit unions, and it knows credit unions. So. There's an advantage there because you're working with your peers. You know, they know you, you know them, you're kind of working for the same business. As far as vendors go, they're generally probably more distant. Uh, they're not a collaborative partner. They're, they probably have a more, more diverse set of customers. And I think they're definitely more profit oriented. So you don't, it's not like family oriented versus a QSO partnership is more like you're working with your family because credit unions are family. Nice. So based on your experience and conversations with people and and reading, what do you believe are some perceptions of QSOs? Yeah, that's a tough one because, uh, you know, credit unions are, they have their own philosophies, their own uh, business plans, their own take on life and, and their own missions with their own members. So I think it's different for, for many credit unions, but Maybe credit unions aren't aware of QSOs. 
Uh, I certainly wasn't aware until I just ran into one uh, in the beginning. Um, I hope people know more about CUSOs now. There are probably bigger credit unions that don't need a CUSO because they want to be more proprietary uh, with their products and services to gain a business advantage. Maybe they don't think they need to work with a CUSO. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just different for different organizations. Some people work cooperatively because they need to, and some people work cooperatively because they want to, and some just, you know, we can do this ourselves, and that's fine. I think no matter what, it's fine, whatever whatever path you choose. Nice. I wanted to read off some stats that have been provided to me by the National Association of Credit Union Service Organizations, that is the QSEL. Currently, there are 882 total QSOs that are registered. Interestingly, five QSOs exist that service over are partnered with over 100 owners. There's one QSO out there that is partnered with over 1,000 owners. And which state has the greatest amount of registered QSOs? That would be Texas. There's 70 in Texas. 67% of QSOs are serving a single credit union. You mentioned, Linda, some models out there for QSOs, and largest one is in lending. There's 702 QSOs that have lending as their model. There's 331 that are part of member services. And then the next breakdown in third place here, I guess you'd say, third category would be other services. And then payments and processing, they have 166. So it gives you a little bit of background. There's 260 NACUSO members today, and their current CEO is Jack Antonini. I've had the chance to speak with him in the past. He is the fourth CEO, and NACUSO was founded in 1985. So a little bit of stats there for our listeners. So let's jump back a little bit, Linda, to some general advantages. I know you said some already, but let's get back to talking to advantages of QSOs. I know, Linda, you've mentioned that in the past. What are some advantages of using QSOs versus a regular organization? Uh, Well, one of the biggest advantages is the collaboration and cooperation. When you're working together with other organizations and people, you're just able to be more efficient, do more, and do it for a lower cost. And generally, it's it, it might even be a better product because you're working with like-minded people who are working toward the same goal. But you get the input from you know a multitude of people if you're working with a multi-owner QSO organization. We talked about the partnership. It's a partnership relationship. It's not a vendor relationship. So you've you've got a better stake in the game, I guess. And they're credit unions, and they know credit unions. So it's it's a shared risk, lower costs, and added services to members if you want to boil it down to just a few things. What are some challenges that organizations might face as they consider partnering with QSOs? I'm not really sure that it's that much different than looking at a vendor partner. You have to do your due diligence. You know, what's the financial stability? Is the is the management competent? Is it going to be a, is it a going concern? So you're going to do your normal vendor management due diligence. I, I guess maybe something that might be a little bit different is with the QSO, you know, you're supposed to share, you're supposed to give and to take. And so if you go into that without wanting to do either of those, that would be a challenge. So you need to have the mentality that, you know, you're, you're working together and it's, it, it's a give and take relationship and everybody benefits, everybody involved with the QSO benefits. 
perhaps NCUA views QSOs different than just a regular vendor? I, I'm not really sure exactly how that's viewed other than if um, you know a credit union is invested in a QSO, then NCUA definitely wants to ensure the safety and soundness of the credit union and the QSO because you know, that's what NCUA does. NCUA did create credit union QSO registry for QSOs, so they're trying to get into the regulation of credit unions when they're not really regulating vendors. So that's that's kind of a, a touchy situation, I think. Uh, is it is it fair to be so involved with QSOs and not involved with vendors when you know it's they're service providers? I don't know. Um, I understand the safety and soundness if you're investing in a QSO, but however, if you're investing in any other investment, NCUA should be involved in that as well. So that's uh, that's a, an interesting situation. Mm-hmm. Now, for those who are listening, this could be the start. To, this is something they may be considering for the board. Can you talk a little bit about board education and QSOs? Sure. In the beginning, our board wasn't familiar with QSOs at all. So when we first started with Sea Lancers and we were doing our due diligence in selecting them as a, a partner, that was the initial education of, oh, it's a QSO, what's a QSO? So we, we dug down deep into that part of the advantages of QSO. Over time, as we dealt with more QSOs, it became just part of our regular conversation. Okay, here's a QSO, this is what they do. This is how we're benefiting from participation. And so now it's, today it's almost routine that we're talking about our QSO relationships and what we're able to do because of those relationships. So it just has evolved over time. And I think it's kind of critical that you keep that front of mind with your board. Nice. Now, for your education, for, you know, you may be the the start for a continued conversation and deriving efficiencies and different models uh, for QSOs in terms of the listener's education, but who helped you uh, initiate the process of investigating partnering with QSOs? Well, again, I kind of stumbled onto Sea Lanters, and when I found out everything that they did and all of the QSOs that they worked with, that's when my eyes were opened. That's when I really understood the value of QSOs because uh, CU Answers works with multiple QSOs. And we took advantage of some of those relationships. Like I said, um, Extend. Uh, another one is EDOC Innovations. Another one is Chatteryak. So we worked within their network of QSOs. And that's when you know it, it really made sense that, wow, this should be a, a bigger part of our business planning and future to survive and thrive as a smaller credit union because there's just no way that our size credit union could stay competitive or stay afloat without their support. Nice. So what was your reception like for your board when you started the process of consideration for partnering with QSOs? I don't but they didn't really have any other uh, strange reaction to it. They were intrigued by it. They didn't know they existed. So, you know, as long as we did our due diligence, the safety and soundness, and they were saying, wow, we can offer this product and service. This is really great. And we don't have to spend, you know, X amount of dollars, or we don't have to hire people to do this. We just partner with them. So they immediately saw the value. And with some of our QSOs where we are actually owners and we get a return, patronage dividends and other dividends. So 
they have seen not only the the working together aspect, but also the return of our investment. So they've been on board. They're well educated. They ask questions. They understand it. They value it. Great. So you got you have very curious board members asking a lot of questions. That's super. Who are QSOs for? Well, QSOs are generally for other credit unions. Um, so the QSO provides a certain product or service and sells that or partners with other credit unions to provide that product or service. I also believe that non-credit unions can utilize services of QSOs. And you can be big or small. It doesn't matter. If you, you can also own a QSO. You can start a QSO yourself. It doesn't matter. If you have a product or service or expertise that you think you can leverage, that you can sell to others that would benefit the cooperative, you can start your own QSO. Now, before we close... When you think of the future, Linda, what gives you hope and what makes you concerned? <sighs> Lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, what gives me hope is that there are people out there wanting to help us, wanting the credit union industry to survive. Uh, without that, uh, if people just gave up on the smaller credit unions or gave up on credit unions, period, that would be a big problem. But there's plenty of partners and plenty of people out there who want credit unions to survive, credit unions of all sizes. Concerning, uh, I think it's the normal stuff, regulation, competition, technology advances, you know, self-driving cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't, it, it doesn't end. Technology doesn't end. Innovation doesn't end. So it's our job to... Uh, not just sit back and do things the way that we've always done them, but to figure out new business processes and new ways of serving our members through that cooperative model while still being relevant to self-driving cars and flying cars. So, um, you know, there are challenges, but the challenges make us grow and, and do better. I like that. Very expressive. Thank you. Now, we started the conversation, Linda, off with you having a couple bits of inspiration I thought we would close the conversation. This is something you have cited in the past, and it goes like this. You said, if you're not having fun running your credit union, you're doing something wrong. Can you expand upon this? I like it. Sure. So I've seen a lot of changes since 1998 when I first started. We were $2.3 million in assets, three employees. Uh, the league was heavily involved in our operations. They were supportive of us. Over the years, you know, we had this boom, this technology and innovation boom where things just changed so rapidly and the game changed. And suddenly the little guys left trying to provide financial services plus compete with all the new players and the tech innovations. So it's scary. And how do you compete and innovate and move forward? Do you keep saying it's the regulations, it's the competition, it's the tech? So a lot of people aren't having fun because of this. But you can have fun in spite of this. You can make your own future. You can build your own future. And that's what's so great about today. The tools are at our fingertips. And that's what's so great about working with QSOs. We have the tools, the people, and the philosophy to build the future together. Wonderful. I like it. Wow. Linda Bodie, thank you very much for being a guest on the Q's podcast. I really appreciate your time. I think our listeners will really enjoy this. It's uh, quite fascinating. So, again, thank you very much. All right. Thanks, James. And thank you so much for listening to this podcast from Q's, everyone. If you have not yet subscribed to the Q's podcast, I encourage you to do so. 
The great benefit of subscribing to the podcast is that all episodes will be automatically downloaded to you, so that means you'll never miss a single episode. You can subscribe to the Q's Podcast in all sorts of podcast directories. Some of them include Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Don't forget to listen to our past episodes. We think you'll find them rich in content and be of service to you. Also, if you have the chance to leave us a rating and comment, that would be great. That gesture will help us get the word out to even more dedicated credit union professionals like you. And don't forget to spread the news about the podcast to your colleagues and friends. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G now. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.